0: The Best Insight, Instant Feedback, Accountability, the all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. We have a special interview for you at this point in time. And joining us this morning to tell us about the EU and TNT's partnership in relation to economic and trade relations. Welcome to our program, the Director for Latin American and Caribbean Relations with all overseas countries and territories of the European Commission's Directorate General for International Partnerships, and that is Mr. Felix Fernandez-Shaw. Good morning to you, and welcome to our program.
1: Good morning. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we're hearing you loud and clear. Good morning to you, and welcome to our program.
1: Good morning. Thanks nice. a lot. Nice Thanks for
0: to, having us. Nice to have you with us here this morning. We we hear a lot um, generally about the EU. We hear about partnerships with various entities across the world. Here at home we share that relationship as well. But it's not often that the average individual gets to understand what those relationships mean, how they work, and some of the benefits that are derived from having such a relationships. So... Um, As we begin, let me just allow you the opportunity to familiarize the listener with you and some of what you're involved in, your role at the EU uh, in this particular incarnation and so on. So go ahead, tell us about yourself and your involvement
1: with the EU. Well, thanks a lot, um, and good morning to everyone. Um, Well, I am the director for Latin America and the Caribbean in the European Commission. The European Commission would come to be a similar institution to what a government is like in uh, in a country Um, and the european union is a fantastic um, adventure of 27 countries in europe that have decided to unite together and create a number of common institutions common policies common priorities on almost all walks of life from energy to agriculture to border control to trade to space um because they feel that working closer together um, is a lot better than uh fighting each other and guess i guess that um for those of you who are younger uh world war ii is a distant history book uh but that was what was the initi- initial initial Um, launching pad for the European Union Mm. now of course the European Union is not only an integration or a semi-federation of uh, countries in Europe uh, that work with each other internally it's also an international projection it has a foreign policy it has an external budget um, and it works uh, and it has worked for many, many years uh, with countries like Trinidad and Tobago to promote these partnerships, these international relations. Again, in all walks of life, for example, uh, Trinidad and Tobago has a free trade agreement with the European Union. Uh, For example, we have been cooperating with Trinidad and Tobago on a number of issues related to uh, security, related to training, uh, we have been uh, financing scholarships. The other day um, I was uh, in another country, in the Caribbean, and we met a person who had studied in Trinidad and Tobago with an EU scholarship, uh, and we have been trying also to promote uh, better governance and more sustainable <coughs> development um, in um, in our partner with Tobago.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like there's a lot going on um, all at once. And there are various objectives, obviously, that the EU would want to achieve and uh, certain things, um, programs and agendas that they would uh, want to promote as well. So tell us in this role that you um, occupy at this point in time, um, some of your roles, your responsibilities and some of what you're hoping to achieve during your tenure. Well, listen, one of
1: the things that probably everybody knows um the whole world is now embarking is in what we call the twin digital and green transitions. We are right now experimenting in the whole world the green transition. We all understand uh, how how acute climate change, how acute the impact of climate change in our lives is going to be. And we all know that we have developed a fantastic technology, the computers, the it, and and we know how important that is for the life of our citizens but at the same time we know how important it is also to make sure that technology serves the people and not the other way um, and not the other way around so part of what i do and part of what my team and the delegation here so the embassy of the european union uh, does here in Trinidad and Tobago with other European countries such as France, Germany, Spain or the Netherlands who are also here in Trinidad and Tobago. Part of what I do is um, trying to promote better cooperation and better understanding of those new technologies that have to lead us into a, a green transition that are aimed at, um, at uh, uh, slowing climate change uh, that are aimed at bringing technology uh, to the people. And that is a at the same time, it's a fantastic uh, revolution, because it's about changing the way we do almost everything. But it's also um, a a very challenging uh, role, because it is about changing everything we do. Um, and what impact does that have on on the planet. So in my tenure, but also particularly in my visit today, we understand how important um, it is to explain, but also to commit to the new green transition. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago has signed the Paris Agreement and has, has uh, committed to reduce its CO2 emissions um, in, in a country which is, of course, a a, um, a strong Uh, exporter of oil and gas. Um, But we know the firm commitment of Trinidad and Tobago to the uh, to this objective. And we are here to try to promote investments uh, in technologies, uh, in the new technologies that will lead us slowly but firmly into that um, green transition. Mm -hmm. It's a complicated matter, because of course, we're all used to uh, having uh, using plastic, we're used to oil and gas, we're used to oil and gas powering all of our societies and and we all know uh, and, and uh, Trinidad and Tobago knows how important it's going to be to transition away from that into a more, into a greener kind of society.
0: Mm. Well, are there specific, I, I know that there's, um, as you outlined there a lot that um, is focused on at this point in time. And the reason for coming here, you just sort to of like give us a bit of it, but are there targets that you intend to achieve with this visit? Specifics.
1: Well, um, I don't know if, if um, people listening are fully aware. You know, there's a Paris Agreement that has everyone in the world, uh, including Trinidad and Tobago, has committed to reduce its CO2 emissions. I don't know if people are familiar with the famous 1.5 degree uh, objective. Um, the idea there is that we uh, and Trinidad and Tobago has not been uh, an exception, that we all commit to a trajectory to reduce our CO2 emissions. Um, Trinidad and Tobago has um, has uh, made a commitment, a written commitment, it's called a national determined contribution to reduce its CO2 emission. And we are here trying to understand the financial, the industrial uh, requirements, but also the projects that Trinidad has to green its economy. I would say firmly, um, I haven't seen, uh, uh, on the contrary, I think Trinidad is very committed, but of course, it's a very challenging issue that requires new technologies. And these new technologies, um, we have, we are experimenting with lots of new ideas in Europe like using green hydrogen, like solar panels. For example, the solar panels in the airport are, are funded by the European Union. We are progressively, that's part of, for example, what I've been doing in the Caribbean the past week, we are slowly promoting uh, that countries start generating uh, energy in an alternative way, in the more renewable way.
0: Yeah. So in recent months, we've been witnessing a number of visits by EU high-level officials to the region, not just a particular country, but several of those. Um, I'm assuming that this is all in tandem with what you're talking about at this point in time, the reason for those visits. But there's there's another question that needs to be asked and answered as well. Why the renewed interest in the Caribbean and Trinidad and Tobago in particular?
1: I, I don't think there's a renewed interest. Um, I think we've been present in the region for a long, long time. Um, I, also, I also believe that um, that this, this presence in the Caribbean shows very well if you look at the high degree of European investments in the region. I just think the visibility of all that effort has not been, let's say, put to the front. Uh, very well by uh, by the high-level visits and it's like doing um, doing uh, programs with you uh, allows us to explain a bit more what we're doing at the same time um, we had um, you probably remember we had a summit in Brussels uh, the European Union Latin American and Caribbean countries in uh, July and there we committed to Uh, working together, we have a new idea or a new strategy in the European Union, we call it the Global Gateway, and it's meant precisely to support and to invest in countries that want to promote the green transition and the digital transition by using frontier technologies, which we know are a risky business, because we don't know if they're going to be successful, We know in Europe, the technologies we're starting to use, solar, wind, green hydrogen, uh, but also on the digital front. And we know how important it is also to have a strong, for example, digital environment, cybersecurity, one where you know where your data is going to, and that you're not sharing data uh, you don't want to share. So all these kinds of things, if you put them together, They've now received a strong push um, in July in the summit of heads of state and government uh, in Brussels. And my job is to promote this global gateway investment agenda that, as I say, tries to bring new technologies, try to support uh, the cost and bear the cost of innovation so that countries like Trinidad and Tobago and others in the Caribbean can push forward the the green transition.
0: Uh, there's obviously uh, the need for us to speak about the EU's cooperation with Trinidad and Tobago, which you've uh, given us a bit of insight into, into some of what we're involved in already with the EU. But how does the EU plan to deepen economic cooperation with this country?
1: Well, as I as I said at the beginning, we uh, Trin- we have a free trade agreement with Trinidad and Tobago. is a common regional. Uh, free trade agreement. Uh, we call it the EPA, the Economic Partnership Agreement between the Caribbean and the European Union, which allows already for Trinidad and Tobago's products to access uh, the market in Europe. Um, and of course, we are working with the government to improve the access of uh, European uh, products to the Trinidad and Tobago market. But at the same time, the cooperation is precisely about understanding where does the government and the society here in Trinidad and Tobago where do you want to um, where do you want to press the green transition? what are the main avenues that, that you are selecting in terms of decarbonizing the society and then understanding where we come from in Europe where we have a 27 member states uh, 400 more than 400 million people. Uh, experience of pushing the green transition and then how to use the cooperation that we could have, the funding that we could have, the investments that we could have, the training that we could have, the knowledge on these technologies to push uh, the green transition in Trinidad and Tobago, for instance, um, working on, on solar plants, but also working on the production of green hydrogen. Trinidad and Tobago is a world champion of hydrogen mm-hmm. but of course most of it uh, hydrogen ammonia etc but most of it is gray it's produced with um, gas obviously because you have plenty of it but of course uh, that that goes along with many co2 uh, emissions so how do we use that capacity and that technology that Trinidad and Tobago has on hydrogen how can we combine it with what we're doing in europe to produce green hydrogen instead of gray hydrogen a hydrogen that has that is produced using zero co2 emissions or very few uh, or very very small uh, co2 emissions so the the work we do is to try and use our knowledge our technology but also our funding Mm -hmm. to push these investments to share these technologies that have been uh, designed in Europe and to push them here in Trinidad and Tobago to support the government into having these these uh, technologies land here in Trinidad and Tobago.
0: These, these terms that we're using, decarbonizing and green transition and so on, um, unfortunately, while there are raging discussions about them and there's a lot of information available, uh, the general population may not necessarily be as awkward with what's going on uh, and and necessarily understand the the reasons why we need to achieve some of these targets some people do some people may not some people need the information this is why programs like these are so important but um, from 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 your perspective and the EU's perspective on on Trinidad and and Tobago uh, we could broaden it to the to to the region as well but how have we been doing when it comes to our, our efforts at decarbonizing and green transition Have we been up to scratch? Is there the need for much more to be done? Have we been doing our fair share?
1: Okay, I think you've asked me like seven or eight questions in the same question. Mm. (laughs) So I'll try to unpack all of that. First of all, I think everybody is aware that climate is changing. That's because there's a global warming, and the global warming is the scientists say, and we've all agreed. The global warming is due to the fact that we are emitting CO2, we are meeting greenhouse uh, gases, and these greenhouse gases trap the heat in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the planet, and that, that means that the, uh, the rays of the sun, sun rays, instead of bouncing back and out from the planet, stay in the planet, which then leads to warming and warming leads to rising sea levels, which I, of course, for small island states and countries like yours in the Caribbean is going to be a concern. So the whole world has agreed that we have to bring down the CO2 emissions, which means that we have to start decarbonizing. That's what it means. CO2, it's carbon dioxide. So we have to bring down the carbon emissions in everything we do. Because you see, you see cars, you see the way we produce energy, um, you see the way we fly, you see the way we turn on lights, etc., cetera, et cetera. Plastic, all those kinds of things are very CO2 emission rich. So we need to bring that down. The issue now is how do we do that? Which technologies do we use? Because of course, we need to replace our energy sources, those that emit CO2. Uh, with renewable energies, those that are clean, do not emit CO2, they are natural, like solar, like wind, like geothermal, etc, etc. But we also need to find a way to power our life, our daily life, our, you know, things we do um, every day. Uh, In that regard, the Caribbean, has a very strong angle, I think, very strong political angle, because as small island developing states, that's the, the you know, part of the UN um, self-denominated uh, uh, group of countries in the world that Trinidad belongs to. Um, what what we are, what you are, uh, sort of saying here in the Caribbean is that climate change and global warming there is, is crucial to your future development. Why? Because, of course, rising sea levels will not uh, help everyone here and will, of course, uh, uh, reduce your, your livelihoods, et cetera, just as it would do with everyone else. But in a small island development state is, of course, the visibility of it is, 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 is stark. So in order to do that, we have all decided to launch a decarbonisation path uh, for all our societies. And particularly in, in the Caribbean, uh, the new sources of energy are, of course, uh, sun, wind, and water. Now, I I think it will not escape all the people that are listening today that uh, the, if there's anything the Caribbean does have plenty of is sun, wind, and water. Now, if if you combine those three and use invest um, in those technologies that allows to exploit um, the solar the wind energy, um, the to produce green hydrogen, to to power our societies, you will see that the Caribbean is, is trying to, uh, you know, is, is in a very good position. At the same time, the Caribbean uh, states, the Caribbean islands, do not have a strong fiscal space. What does this mean? It means that the governments or the countries themselves Uh, do not have a a lot of capacity to invest themselves in huge country changes. There's not too much public budget available to do this, like we have in Europe. And therefore, it's the market that needs to develop that green transition. It's the market that needs to come up with those solutions uh, to uh, the greening of a society. And therefore, private companies need to invest in those green energies. And that's where it all becomes um, delicate because it's difficult for companies to all of a sudden change from uh, oil and gas to solar and wind. It requires a lot of upfront investment. It requires a lot of technology and it requires a lot of vocational training of the people who are gonna handle those power plants, those technologies, et cetera, et cetera. That's where we think we could be helpful, the European Union, we could be helpful by bringing the experience, mm-hmm. the knowledge, the technology, and the investment that Trinidad is looking for um, to power its green uh, future. Yeah. I hope I've, I've unpacked all those questions for you.
0: You, you, you have. And um, one of the things that's very important that I hope listeners take away from the interview is why we need to do some of these things and what actually needs to be done to achieve some of the targets. That we've set out to achieve as as a nation to do our part in this global fight um, that we have uh, when it comes to climate change and and trying to to get things done in in the right manner. Uh, we're almost out of time for our interview. Absolutely. But, but I know that there are aside and apart from climate change and all of those other issues that we've discussed already and some of the the things on the agenda, um, crime security and environment protection are major issues for this country. Crime and security in particular. And uh, it, 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 it would be interesting to find out. I know that the EU assists in several regards. As um, First and foremost, is this one of those things that that is being discussed between the EU and Trinidad and Tobago, the issue of crime? And how is the EU helping if it is?
1: Uh, absolutely. We have, um, we have now, I think a couple of weeks ago, we have now launched a a program uh, for cooperation between, um, I think you say in English law prosecuting authorities. So the prosecutor, the police, uh, the judicial uh, level, we have launched a program called El Pacto. Uh, and for the first time, this program, which was already in place in Latin America, it is now going to be extended to the to the to the caribbean mm-hmm. because we feel that um, there's a strong there's a strong need but there's also a strong request from caribbean countries to have their law enforcement officials their judges their prosecutors not only reinforce their capacities but also reinforce their cooperation with their neighboring countries and with the european mm-hmm. union and therefore what we have found very useful that we're doing in Latin America already is to push this strong cooperation between law enforcement authorities in both sides of the Atlantic, because that is what helps, um, you know, helps uh, tackling uh, the, let's say, the security issue uh, of, of crime. Then, of course, we are also working on a number, uh, on a number of other uh, programs. Uh, tackling, I would say, more the social consequences. And there, if I'm, if you allow me, I will come back to my global gateway, and the conversation we've been having. Um, There are, there is there a strong uh, cooperation by the union and by our companies to generate jobs. And jobs um, are very important in order for people to have, uh, uh, let's say, a, a productive uh, way of living. Um, and in that sense, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring the future jobs, the digital jobs, the uh, the green jobs, uh, those are jobs that are going to be very much, um, very much required in our future. Uh, people knowing how to handle a solar plant or knowing how to handle the software that comes with it, um, and software and hardware in computers is all over the place with us. And those are uh, the kind of future jobs that we are trying to promote by promoting that people not at high university level, but also at high university level, but also at a lower skilled workers, Mm. by promoting that people have those skills for the future technologies and the future jobs. I think we're also laying social foundations to tackle the issues of crime and security.
0: Yeah, uh, This is where we're going to have to leave our interview here this morning, but definitely there's a lot more that uh, would need to be discussed, and there are some things that I'm, I'm assuming that um, during the visit, after the visit, we would want to know about. So that's probably um, information for another discussion. I don't know how long the, the delegation is going to be here for and, and and the duration of the trip and all those things. But I do hope that while you're here, you do get a chance to get away from um, the, the rigors of the office and enjoy some of what we have to offer, because we definitely have a lot to offer. Uh, you're in the, in the midst of the carnival season, and we do have a lot. Otherwise, when it comes to our ecotourism, I hope that you'd partake of some of those. To experience firsthand all that Trinidad, has, Trinidad and Tobago has to offer the world, um, Mr. F- um,
1: Fernandez. I'm I'm I will certainly try as you say I have a real tight schedule and I'm leaving this evening but um because I have to go back to Europe I I also have family there and I have been I've been on this side of the of the world for 10 days and I really want to go back and see them but at the same time I I know um I know we'll have to come back to Trinidad and Tobago and um and see what everything that the islands have to offer to us, including that fantastic environmental uh, reserves that you all have.
0: Yes, definitely. So, Mr. Fernandez, I want to thank you for being with us here this morning and giving us an insight, explaining some of the things that people may not necessarily have understood as clearly um, before, but with the information you've given us, you've you've given us um, more than enough that people can now go for themselves and get more information on some of these things that are so important, not just to us, but to the globe and the fight against climate change and getting some of those things achieved that we need to. Thank you once again for being with us here this morning. It was my
1: pleasure having you. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. It was my pleasure to to be here today.
0: Okay. And that's where we drop the curtains on our interview here this morning. that, of course, Mr. Felix Fernandez, a short director for Latin America, the Caribbean and relations with all overseas countries and territories at the European Commission's Directorate General, For international partnership. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability,
1: the all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.